0: You are listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Meara.
1: And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're giving out tips on book shopping while you're on vacation. We're helping out a reading nail-biter, literally, not like someone who's mm-hmm. like nervous and writing. It's like, <laughs> it's an actual person who's biting nails. And we're recommending horror romances.
0: But first, what are you reading, Bria?
1: Well, last night, I, I... Took my Kindle off of uh, airplane mode because I knew I had a lot of <laughs> books waiting. We're recording this quite early, just so you all know. Um, I knew I had a lot of books waiting for the library, and a couple books I had bought had come in. Um, and I was like, oh, hello. It's uh, the new Paul Tremblay short story collection. Oh, baby, QR. I just got my
0: pre-order in.
1: That's what I got. I got that as well. Mm-hmm. It, it arrived because I finally finished the book I was reading. I could take my book, my Kindle off airplane mode. Uh, which was very exciting, and I read the first story and had an existential crisis. And <laughs> it seems like it's going to be a great book. Great, great. That's option. Paul Tremblay for you. <laughs> it was the first story is about a, a a girl, a guy who goes, a guy named Paul. I love that he names his characters Paul. And uh, he goes to this girl he has a crush on's house when he's a teenager, and uh, she gives him a tour of the house. And it's a haunted house tour. She says her house is haunted. And then spooky things happen. It is for a dollar. Or no, for fifty cents. He does it for fifty cents. Anyway, we both are huge Paul Tremblay fans, so I am mm-hmm. very excited to see what else this holds. Again, I just got it last night, so it's it's uh I'm just now opening it up to the world of of horror that that Paul has given us. Um I thought you'd already read it. I don't know why I thought
0: that. No, well, I, I we got offered an arc of it, and I was like, there's no point in me getting an advanced copy of this because I already know that I'm going to love it, yeah. and I already know that I'm going to pre order it, so I'm not going to bother. I finally got my pre order in from bookshop.org, and um, this is how much I love Paul because I'm about tomorrow, I'm leaving on a, a pretty long trip to New York and Washington, D.C., and it's a hard, brand new hardcover. Oh. Which it's like the number one thing you should not be traveling with. But no. I was like, oh, but I really want to ah! read it. <laughs> so maybe I will break my own rule and lug this hardcover around the East Coast because it's, it's Paul Tremblay. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like there's literally never. I've read all of Paul's books and there's all of them are amazing. So yeah. great. Very pumped. What are you reading, Mallory? I am also reading a spooky book that I am really into so far. It's called Delicious Monsters by Lizelle Samberry, and if you love a parallel timeline spooky book, this is for you. Uh, It is about this uh, young, like I guess this would be a new adult book. I think she's like maybe nineteen or early early twenties, but she is this um, this young woman, and she uh, has a very very successful YouTube channel where her and her friend explore spooky stuff it's called it's called haunted and it's like a web series on youtube and uh every season they do like a new subject and they're like they sold the, the podcast to like a big media company and they intern there so that like they got a bunch of money but now the media company kind of controls it a little bit and they kind of force them to do something that they didn't want to do for this new season which is investigate haunted houses and including the haunted house that her mom grew up in when she was a kid so she has a really contentious relationship with her mother. Her mother was very abusive, and then wrote a best-selling book about how she stopped becoming abusive and became a good mother. Uh, but Ugh. Her, the main the main character knows that it's not really true. But her mom helps her, uh, like co-signed on her apartment and helps her with things. And her mom made it very clear that if she goes to the press and tells them that she's that they still have a bad relationship, all of that help is going to dry up. Yikes. But. The house that her mom grew up in was a haunted house, and there's like a big story about what happened to this young girl there. And then it also tells the story of that young girl that grew up in this house and she can see dead people. So you have these two parallel timelines. You have a haunted house. You have this cool young lady who is like trying to, something that she really wants to do with her show. Um, She's black and she wants to cast a light on more haunted stories about bad things that have happened to black women and black young girls. But the media company is like, do do people really want to do that? And she's like, fucking yes, they do. So she's trying to do something with her show and uh like trying like trying to figure out how she can tell this story without getting too emotionally involved in it. And of course, that's not gonna happen. Mm. It's like there's so much going on, there's so much spooky stuff. It all takes place in uh Ontario. Um so if you need a Canada book for the Reading Glasses Challenge, <laughs> 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 this mm. is a good one. It's just so good and so compelling, and I love the main character so much. And you just get immediately sucked right in. Uh, so that is Delicious Monsters by Lizelle Samberry,
1: and mine is The Beast You Are, stories by uh, Paul Trimble. So we want to take a moment to
0: share some listener feedback. Megan wrote in to say, "Hello, Brian, Mallory. As someone who went to boarding school for high school, I was laughing and loving the episode about dark academia." Uh, Yes, there is a lot of plaid in my life, but sadly our blazers were wool and not crushed velvet. LOL. I feel like Harry Potter helped kickstart the fascination with boarding schools as well. I still say I went to Hogwarts without the magic prefix and all when I try (laughs) to explain where I went to school. And our rooms were never as cool as the movies. They're pretty basic rooms, much like college dorms. We did have common rooms or lounges in each dorm where many movie nights and fun happen. I do love a good dark academia book or really any book set in a boarding school. I really should add that to my wheelhouse. Man, I'm sorry you didn't get that crushed velvet. Yeah. That's really the big, the big thing. Big reason
1: to go to boarding school is because you get to wear crushed velvet, right? I mean, that's the whole reason yeah, to go. Yeah, what a,
0: what a letdown. Mm.
1: Kayla wrote in and said, Hi, I just listened to the question from the person who had 10 current reads but was having trouble dumping them because they were good but not five out of five stars. It made me want to share something that helped me to DNF, do not finish, uh, more books without – giving myself hell about it in libby there are tags for you to make tag lists i made a new tag in libby and just tagged the book that i am about to put down with the title dnf'd retry later (laughs) question mark that way that's great i have an easy way to go back to those books i dumped when i thought i might just be in the wrong headspace thanks always for hosting the best podcast ever that is very smart libby does have you do tons of tags and this is a great way to get let yourself off the hook and say like, hey, you don't finish this right now, but no, you can come back to it later. And you know what? You don't yes. have to come back to it. But it'll make you feel better in the moment, and maybe you will come back to it. Who knows?
0: I love this idea, well, Caitlin. I, I think this is perfect for the Bria Grant rule of reading, and if you're like, a month later, you're like, man, I keep thinking about this book and wondering yeah. what happens, then you can go back. And if a month later you have not thought about the book at all, you can look at that tag and be like, all right, time to untag this book because I'm never going to pick it back up again. Hmm. Uh, Micah wrote in to say, new listener here. Oh, uh, I' Hello, hello. I've been enjoying going through your backlist of episodes and adding to my TBR like it needed any help. My wheelhouse includes books with maps, books Mm. about books, Mm -hmm. soft magic systems, niche worlds, lost cities, steamy romances, purple prose, female friendships, ambitious women, folklore and fairy tales, and dragons. Happy reading. Well, you sound like
1: you fit right in. I can't believe you're new. Welcome,
0: welcome to the fold. What's
1: purple prose?
0: Purple prose is a prose that is like... Goes above and beyond; like it's very verbose. Ah. Describes everything with fifteen adjectives. Ah. You know, it's just a uh, uh, very beautiful but very wordy. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm. Um, I have a quick bookmark, which is uh, just to remind everybody: this book that I wrote a short story in called "Haunted Reels" is out. It's all written by filmmakers who a lot of us took scripts that we had uh, been working on that have never gotten made. That's what mine is, and I and wrote it and made it into short stories. Uh, It's a group that I'm a part of that has started meeting during the pandemic via Zoom. And then we all kind of came together and wrote this book. Um. Uh, and I have a short story in it and you'll probably recognize a lot of the other filmmakers um, it's filmmakers, it's actors, it's all sorts of people Um. so go check it out Haunted Reels, we'll put a link in the show notes but it's out on Dark Matter now So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at
0: gmail.com If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter, there's a link in the show notes Before we give out some hot tips for vacation book shopping we're going to take a quick
1: break Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Green Chef. Feel your best this August with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood from Green Chef. Y'all, last night, I came home. I was like, I want to make something nice, but I don't want to spend a lot of time. In a very short amount of time, I went from having nothing to having an amazing amazing dinner where i i roasted some bell peppers so i took some beans and i like mashed them a little bit and i filled the bell peppers up with them and then i had like a chimichurri sauce it was so good and guess what green chef offers over 80 weekly options featuring nutritionist approved and foodie approved recipes i am that foodie i'm not the nutritionist but i am the foodie and honestly, it was such a great dinner. You can choose from six preferences, including new calorie smart and plant-based options. Plus, you can do quick and easy. You can do Mediterranean. You can do protein packed. If you're lifting weights, and you can do gluten-free. Uh, do you want to eat vegan more? That is what I do. I love getting the vegan stuff you can enjoy. Plant-based limited dining with vegan kickoff. That's the brand new limited time options, including vegan breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and sides. Y'all, I can't say how great this dinner was, but it was amazing. I felt like a real chef. I plated it. It looked so gorgeous. But the big thing is, it didn't take a lot of time. So I can't say enough great things about Green Chef. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses50 and use code glasses50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash glasses50 and code glasses50 to get 50% off free shipping. Did y'all hear that? 50% glasses.
0: I'm Yucky Jessica. I'm Chut Crudsworth. And this is Terrible, a podcast where we talk about things we hate that are awful. Today we're discussing Wonderful, a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, hosts Rachel and Griffin McElroy, a real life married couple.
1: Yuck discuss a wide range of
0: topics music video games poetry snacks but i hate all that stuff i know you do yucky jessica it comes out every wednesday the worst day of the week wherever you download your podcasts for our next topic we're talking fiona the baby hippo from the cincinnati zoo i hate this little hippo This week, we're talking about vacation book shopping, not shopping for books to take on vacation, shopping for books while you're on vacation. You're in a fun new place. You obviously want to hit up the bookstore. What should you buy? What is the best type of book souvenir to bring home? So Bria, you're out on vacation. Do you ever go to bookstores?
1: I think we talked about this last time I was in Portugal, which was not this Mm -hmm. time, but last time, um, uh, many years ago. um, Mm -hmm. I do go into bookstores on vacation mostly because I am curious about what books are popular in this area of the world. Like, Mm -hmm. what books are they carrying? What books are they choosing? How is this different from the books that I would choose or the books that I see at home? Um, it's not the first spot I go. I'm not like seeking out bookstores locally, but if I see one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pop in here and just like see what's going on. I also love a bookstore in an airport. I always ha- head in there just to see. I saw Raw Dog in the Burbank airport, like dis- prominently displayed. And I was like, okay, like good for Burbank airport. Um, so yes, I will head in there, but I'm not like mapping it out. Um, unless there's like some... Like there was a really old bookstore in one town I went to that I was like, oh, it's like supposed to be the oldest bookstore in the world. Like I am curious about this this bookstore, so like things like that. Um, But overall, I'm not like specifically looking for them. What about you? Oh, I am. Yeah.
0: That is that is like the first. I get off the plane, go straight to the bookstore. (laughs) Uh, It is usually one of my top places to visit when I'm on vacation. Um, I love going to independent bookstores in general, but going to an indie bookstore in a state or a country I've never been to, oh. Baby, it is pure bliss for me. I uh, totally agree. It's just so fun to see what books are popular there and mm-hmm. what the staff is recommending. Mm-hmm. You know, every area of the world, every state in the country has its own. Every neighborhood really has its own particular book taste. And for me, it is just so fun to see. It's very interesting, even if I'm in a country where I don't speak the language. You know, sometimes there's books that are translated from from English, and I'm like, it's just so fun to be like, oh wow, that book is big here. That is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you're in
1: there. In that bookstore, looking around, what do you like to buy? Not much. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to travel light. I always say that, but then I pack my book, my book. I pack my bag to the brim. Um, I, So I usually don't have much room. Um, so I don't end up buying books for the most part. Sometimes a journal. I love a journal that is like, you know, from a specific place. But if I'm buying something on my vacation, it has to represent that part of the world to me. So it's very hard for me. Like maybe a magnet uh, maybe someone taking care of my cats. Pro- someone's probably taking care of my cats, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I might bring them like a little bookmark or something. I think oh, that's what I got that's you in a Portugal. idea. But I'm not like specifically out there looking for something for me to buy and take back home. I, I just, I used to buy a lot of stuff when I traveled and then I found I would get home and I'd be like, why do I own this scarf? You know, like I would never <laughs> wear this, but I yeah. thought it made sense. So now I kind of try to like it, just take some photos, enjoy where I am. And that's kind of—unless I see something, like, super-duper special. Yeah. I love, like, a vintage something. Like, if I find something like that, maybe I'll buy that. But uh, but what about you? What are you buying?
0: Ugh, I used to be a rabid vacation book-buying fucking maniac. But
1: then what did you do with them? You put them in your bag?
0: Yeah, like an idiot. I would buy a ton of books, and then I would have to figure out how to lug them all home— And so what I had to do is I just had to force myself to pump the brakes on this because one, I absolutely hate checking a bag when I fly, which is funny because I am a person who likes stuff. But when I fly, uh, I wish I could just travel with nothing. I wish I I could just travel nude. Like I hate checking bags.
1: I hate carrying bags. I know. uh, Sometimes I see someone and they're just carrying like their phone onto the airplane. I'm like, wow. Me, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like that lady in, in Labyrinth, you know, where yeah, I'm like, walking around <laughs> with like, my bag like on my back, and I like yes. feel like I'm carrying so much shit just to get onto the plane because I also yes. don't I don't love checking a bag.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same bind where I absolutely hate checking a bag because I do not want to be at an airport any longer than I need to. Yeah. The second I get off that plane, I want to be shot out of a cannon directly <laughs> into a cab. I do not want to, like the worst is when you've gone on a long flight, and then you have to wait another 45 minutes to get your bag at the check. Awful. Uh-uh, baby. No, I hate it. I just like to bring less and less stuff to bring with me. And so the problem was what I was what I was doing, which is so bad, I would buy books that I could get at home. Yeah. Like I would see a book and be like, oh, I've been wanting to buy that. I'll buy that now. Why? Yeah. Why? So
1: it's such a well, terrible idea. It? Maybe you were reading it on the trip.
0: Yes, sometimes, but like. That's my big thing. why was I buying you know a book that like a buzzy, popular book that I could get at the lo- my local bookstore in another place just because uh, like I would just go into a bookstore and like enter a fever dream <laughs> where I would like just look around and want to buy a bunch of books and like now i've like I only allow myself to buy books that either a, I can only get in that country, which I mm. really love to do, or are related to that place in some way. And mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. Be like, oh, wow, I, I'm, I took a vacation in Maine. I bought this uh, I bought this book that takes place in Maine and I read it there. It was very maine very fun. Um, and I, I really like looking at the local author section, which is really cool, or looking through books that are set in that place. Like I said, it's especially fun when you're in an, another country, you know, last year I went to the UK for the Girly Drinks UK tour and I came home with some books that were only out in the UK and it was awesome. Cool. So what are, what are our hot book souvenir tips?
1: Well, if you're like me, you pack that bag to the brim. You don't want to bring <laughs> anything extra. Don't feel pressure to buy anything at the bookstore. You're allowed to just browse a bookstore Uh and be like, I just like seeing what's here. The same way you might browse someone's Home bookshelf. You're not going to take anything, but you can see what people are reading, what things are being recommended. <laughs> maybe you are taking stuff from other people. I don't know.
0: I was going to say, maybe you're one of those terrible house sitters that we were talking about.
1: And yeah. Take, <laughs> take a few books, take a few pairs of clothes, you know. Borrow the underwear. You can be a book tourist without <laughs> purchasing anything or focus on like small and unique things like art books or local zines or like Mallory said, like local authors, like things you can't get anywhere else. Oh, um, like bookmarks, Bookmarks, journals. I like having those. The places where I was trying to find. Oh, I have this book, this this journal that I love from this museum I visited. Uh, called I think it's called the Museum of Terror. Ooh. I can't remember. But it's a really cool journal, and I've never written in it because I'm just like, ah, I just want to save it. I need to write in it. Um, But a lot of journals and mu- – uh, journals. A lot of museums have great books and journals in their gift shops, so don't skimp that, too. That's another place you can mm-hmm. go besides a bookstore. If you're going to a museum, look at the, look at the, um, the museum art bookstore because they might have – something you want to buy that would also kind of help you to remember that place that's the kind of stuff I usually buy on trips
0: I do love a museum gift shop that's very fun to yeah that's nice
1: yeah what about you souvenir tips if you want a
0: souvenir and but you're like all right I don't know what to get uh my hot tip is see if there's a book that you already love or if there's a book that you're interested in, don't don't already have. And see if there's a different cover for that country. Oh, I like that. Okay. This is an international tip. There are some books that I deeply covet the UK cover for. And, you know, I, the US cover was fine, but I really want the UK cover. And, you know, there's a couple that I got to have in the UK, which was really cool. I got the Sarah Grand's Book of the Most Precious Substance, the UK cover. Oh, no, cool. Absolutely fucking awesome. Was very happy to get that. Um, also, I will combine a, a hot tip for me and a hot tip from you. And if there's a you want some kind of bookish souvenir and you don't want to get a book because it's obviously heavy – Get some kind of smaller thing, whatever it is, you know, a magnet, Mm -hmm. uh, a pen, something small, and get that bookstore's bookmark. Because most bookstores, especially if it's an independent bookstore, are going to have their own specific bookmarks. And that way you get a bookish souvenir that is extremely light easy to carry and you will be able to use again and again and you can read a book put that bookmark in there and be like oh I went to that bookstore in Spain and it was really cool and even though if you don't need a book from it you you get a get something really cute you know it doesn't add to your luggage very easy to to carry That is, that is my Mallory and Bria's combined hot book shopping tip when you're away yes Uh, So you can send your thoughts on vacation book shopping to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we solve our reader problem, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Dipsy. Have you heard of Dipsy? Maybe on this show. They have all types of oral pleasures for you to explore. Oral, like your ears, but not what you're thinking of. Actually, they have that kind of stuff too. Do you know what Dipsy is? We love Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They're radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners. And 56% of stories are voiced by people of color. Also, if you don't want those sexy stories, they have sleep stories. They have wellness sessions. And also sexy stories that you can read. You don't have to listen to them. So not just orally, but also readingly. People love it. We are so happy when we're sponsored by Dipsy because we get such good feedback about Dipsy. There was just a big article about Dipsy, about how women are loving Dipsy. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free When you go to dipseastories.com slash glasses, dipseastories.com slash glasses, glasses. And here's what some of the listeners have to say.
0: It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile.
1: I just started listening and
0: I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish i discovered it sooner.
1: You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org.
0: Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Brandon writes in, Hey, Brianne Mallory. Firstly, gotta say thank you for all the great content over the years. My wife and I love all of your work and I particularly am so stoked about the new Twitch show. Oh, thank you so much. If trying out cool new pens and inks was a wheelhouse, it'd be the top of my list. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Brandon, Anyways, my problem. I am a habitual nail biter and have been since I can remember. I've been trying to focus on not doing it as much, but whenever I am reading, I end up mindlessly going back to it. It makes it hard to read for long periods of time. And if I try to focus on not biting, then I can't focus on the book. Do you have any advice for this? I assume there are all sorts of other bad habits that people do mindlessly while reading. So I hope that there are techniques out there that might help. Thanks again and keep up the great work you are both doing for the podcast and beyond.
1: P.S., shout out to my wife, Claire, who's an even bigger fan of y'all than I am. And P.B.S., my wheelhouse is hard sci-fi, grimdark, scary nature, lost arctic expeditions. Jesus this is dark. And anything that comes <laughs> from another dimension. Um, I think Love we it. just figured out why you're a nail-biter. Uh, these are <laughs> So scary. <laughs> Like, of course, you're biting your nails. This is horrifying. <laughs> you're reading lost Arctic expeditions, and you're maybe like, maybe we should send
0: Brandon a cozy mystery. See yeah, if maybe he would quit biting
1: those nails. <laughs> anyway, Bria, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Brandon should do? Okay, my friend Kid is a nail biter, so I texted him and I asked him, and he replied within one second. He immediately I said, hey. Person who bites their nails, I also, by the way, a nail picker. I literally bite my nails while we're doing this podcast, uh, but I try to not do it. But anyway, Kit responded within one second, literally, and said, get gel manicures. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Apparently, this is something people do. This is just a general thing for nail biters. You get a gel manicure, and they're very hard to get off. You can't really bite them. I and mean, you can. It would be very hard. You, you know what?
0: I will co-sign on this because I got a gel manicure, uh, like a few months ago and they lasted for like three weeks. And it, this is the only nails I've ever had that lasted through powerlifting. I was very impressed with them and they were
1: very hard to get off. Yeah. They're very <laughs> hard to get off. You usually have to go in and get them off, but I'm going to give that, that kid advice. Um, do you have any advice that's more specific to reading and nail biting?
0: Yes, I have a nail tip and then a non-nail tip. Okay. First off, I want to say, Brandon, I sympathize with you. I used to be a relentless nail biter, nail picker really bad. Like I just, my fingers always used to look like I put them in a blender. Like I was always like bleeding really bad. So my first idea is what I managed to do was convert my nail biting to nail filing. Oh yeah. Which is much nicer on your hands unless, you know, you're going all out and grinding your fingers to stumps. Uh, I keep nail files all over the place in my house. I have one in that little tray that I keep on my couch. um, And it helps me not bite my nails. So I can Uh, You know, whenever I'm like watching a movie or something, I just file away because I I just want to be doing something and it actually makes your nails nicer instead of what nail biting does, which makes it look like you have ragged stumps for hands. Mm. But I will say it can be hard to file your nails while you're reading a print book or an e-reader. So my second idea is that I think you should get a fidget spinner or a fidget toy. I... And one of those people that likes to be doing something with my hands while I'm reading or working, it surprises people a lot to know that I used to be a smoker because I just like uh. to do something with my hands. Yeah, and sure. I, oh, I loved just, just, oh my God. I know there are children listening to this, but, and I will say smoking is terrible and I wish I never fucking started. And I'm very glad that I quit, but it was very nice when I used to smoke while I read because it was like something to do with my hands. Uh, and when I was little, I had like a, As soon as I read this email from Brandon, I had a vivid sense memory shooting me back to when I was like 10 years old. And I used to have this metal bookmark and it had a long tassel with a little metal star on the end. And I used to spin it while I read Ah. for like two hours at a time. Just because I needed to be doing something with my hand. I loved this bookmark so much. And it took me forever to connect all those things and realize that it can help me focus if I have something to fiddle with while I am reading. And so, and there are so many fidget toys available on the internet. Uh quiet fidget toys. Oh, just go to Amazon and type in quiet fidget toy and there are so many. And Brandon, I really think you should get one. There, you can get one for like a dollar. Like they're hmm. very cheap. You can really what they do is they sell them in packs. So just get a pack of them for like $5. And try one out and see if it helps. Because I I don't think it's necessarily that you need to bite your nails. You just need to be doing something. Brandon might be an anxious person like me. And it really helps, you know, to just like when you have an anxiety brain, you need to give it something to do while you're reading. Also, you can try out doing uh, some ambient music or music in the background. We did our our background music episode recently, and that can help give my brain. It just like that weird little extra part of my brain that has anxiety, like needs to be like chewing on something, like a dog in the background. And music might help, but try a little fidget spinner or a fidget toy. There's there's a lot. There's so many different kinds. Ones that you spin, ones that you pop in and out. There's just like 5 million of them. And uh, get a little pack of them and try it out and see if that helps. Cool. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Tasha writes in, Hi, ladies. Love the show. Wanted to know if you had any recommendations for horror romances, one that has romance but is actually pretty scary. Some horror romances are lukewarm with the horror factor, so if you know any that have plenty of both, I would greatly appreciate it. An example of one that doesn't slouch on romance or horror would be The Hacienda by Elizabeth Cagnes. That one was perfect. Bria, what do you think Tasha should read?
1: I don't read a ton of romance, so this is very hard for me. Um, But your recommendations are very good. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, because I read a lot of horror that has some steaminess. That's what I was trying to think of. Okay. What do you think of Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison?
0: I think that is a great recommendation because it is structured kind of like a romance novel, but it's also a horror. It's like straight up a horror book.
1: Yeah, it is a horror book, but it's got scary stuff. So I think that could definitely be one. I wanted to like get Mallory, because I know she has read that one, to sign off oh, that this that is book. romantic enough. Mm-hmm. The second book I was thinking was The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia Morena Garcia. Again, it's a little steamy. It's got this daughter living with this mad scientist in the jungle. Uh, some men show up. Things change. It gets a little horny, but it's also horror. <laughs> so I feel like there's a little bit of both in there. Again, like it depends on how steamy you want your romances. Like I don't think either of these get like so steamy, but there's definitely a romance elements.
0: If, if you're p- picking between the two, Such Sharp Teeth definitely has more steamy elements. Like there's some boning in in sh- Such Sharp Teeth. Yeah, there isn't there in Start of Doctor Moreau? I think maybe is. at the end. I think at the end.
1: But yeah. sh- Such Sharp Teeth is a little more
0: because like the romance element is a bigger part of the plot. They're right. both good books.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. All right, so there's there's a couple for me. Definitely more in the horror sp- side of things, so try them out. Mallory, I feel like you probably have some better romance things.
0: Well, because that's what I've been looking for I all am. year. I Basically, am. the book that I'm about to recommend changed my life because when I read it, I was like, I just want this forever. Uh, it is The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. I am fucking obsessed with this book. It is incredible. So it is a haunted house romance novel that doesn't skimp on the steam or the screams i love it and like to be honest i hear you tasha it is very hard to find a book that balances both and i put out the call for spooky romances and most of them out there are on the cozy side Mm. you know they have horror elements Mm. like they're about witches or demons or whatever but they aren't actually horror they're just romance novels with horror elements and like Bria said there's a lot of horror books that have romance elements but they're kind of like an afterthought. So it's very hard to find a book that balances both. I am still actively at all times 24/7 looking for books that have more more that are more like this. Um but The Widow of Rose House balances it perfect. So it's a it's a historical, so it's set in New York City during the Gilded Age, so it's got a lot of like really fun historical elements to it. Uh, it's like the late 1800s, I think. And uh, this woman, the main character, she's really like looking to restart her life. Uh, she divorced her abusive husband. Um, but because of that, because this is the time when well, women who went out on their own and got got. Uh, away from their husbands are not looked upon very well uh she was like you know destroyed in the press and there's so she has a really bad reputation and people are always like oh that's that lady and she really never like never wants to be with another person um uh but her husband's death made it so she uh inherited like they she separated from him but they never formally divorced so when and he died at the right before the uh, events of the book so she inherited uh a mansion oh, that he owned what a, and what a so she's And it's like outside, I know, what a, Oh, beautiful. It's like outside of New York City. And so she's hoping, she's like, all right, I'm just going to get away from everyone. I'm going to go to live in this mansion that's outside of the city. I'm going to be reclusive and I'm going to uh, get this mansion uh like restored. It's going to be beautiful. I'm never going to be with another man again. I'm going to live in this house by myself. We all know what happens when a character swears they're never going to fall in love again. Yeah. uh The problem is the house is fucking haunted, very, very haunted. And it's like actually scary. And she crosses paths with this professor who is uh, a ghost researcher. Sorry. I don't want to say hunter but like he's researching supernatural stuff and he's very very handsome (laughs) um And he want like he really wants to investigate her house, but also help her get rid of the ghost. And she at first is not very interested. She's like, I don't want this fucking handsome guy in this house. I just want to be alone. I don't want to deal with it. I'll 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 take care of this myself. But things get so scary that she eventually is forced to get his help. And uh, so he is the guy comes in and is. Uh, trying to figure out this ghost and also the secrets of her heart so it is very steamy it's very romantic it's straight up a romance book but it is very scary like the haunting of the, the house is scary it's just a fucking perfect book i think about it all the time diana is a friend of mine and i'm always like i have to constantly resist Texting her and being like, Diana, please write 15 million more books like this. <laughs> because this is exactly what I want. And if anyone and- has any other books that is that are like this, please let me know. But that is my recommendation. Tasha, I think you will love it. It is The Widow of Rose House by Diana
1: Biller. And I'm saying Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison.
0: So if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your recommendation request, just send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and our story graph challenges, uh, Goodreads, to- all the people out there who like, run fan things for Reading Glasses on the internet. We appreciate you. We know that it takes some work, and it really means a lot to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And remember, you can buy Reading Glasses totes and shirts and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff over at our Void March store. If you have ever been on an Ink Witches stream, uh, me and Lauren's Twitch show, and you've seen my notebook that has uh, my my other car is a TBR pile sticker, that's where you can get it. I love this sticker. It brings me joy every single day. And if you go over to our Void March store, which there's a link in the show notes for, you can get it for yourself. And if you like the show, you like me and Bria, you appreciate us, but you can't afford to be a Maximum fund member. You can't afford to buy Reading Glasses merch. You can do something that helps us for no money. It really actually helps us out. Uh, open up whatever your podcast listening app is on your phone. And give us a five-star rating and a review. It absolutely makes a difference for us. It really, really helps. And you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading.